Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan, and today we have a very special episode featuring two of my friends, Joel and Josh. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing great, Jonathan. Uh, thanks for having us on the show. Yeah, so far, so good. And it's so, only going to get better. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, you guys are from the Always Listening Podcast, a podcast review show, and you have reviewed Trivial Warfare in the past. Uh, now you're actually showing up on this show, which means we couldn't have been that bad. No, no, you uh, you did very well. As a matter of fact, we were, we were both very high on you. Josh found you first, actually. I put you on a list, uh, I think because I knew you were going to podcast movement. So I was like, we should check these guys out. But I hadn't gotten there yet. And Josh started listening first and was like, this is a great show. We should talk about these guys. And, and uh, you were one of the first shows, actually, that we reviewed after we changed our name. We used to be Pod on Pod. We started in uh, May of 2014. Yeah, there's about to be two years coming up. And um, we just really like podcasts. We like talking about it. We were talking about it to each other. We figured it's better than the other thing we were podcasting about. So, so here we are. We've been doing it since then. Um, and we get better at it all the time. We hope. <laughs> so do our listeners. <laughs> so I uh, I did a bit for you guys around Christmas when we were recommending shows as Christmas presents for different listeners and stuff. And after you guys were, after I did that or after that appeared, I noticed that you guys were talking about going head to head on this show to see who actually knew more trivia. And as soon as I heard you saying that, I was like, hey, let's make this happen. Like everything that we do that's any good, it was Josh's idea, uh, and then he uh, he makes me implement it. That's so he's the brains of the operation. No, no, no. So you see what so you see what Joel is doing right now. Yes, being like super complimentary to me, giving me all the credit, um, so that even if he loses, he'll still like. Well, I I was a good guy. <laughs> so so you're saying you're not going to be a good guy if you lose. Oh, no. The only thing I'm worse at than losing is winning. He oh, is a no. terrible, terrible winner. Oh, I'm a horrible winner. And he's had so much practice at it, too. Like, this is the, he's the luckiest guy I know in life. There, there's a, there's a, an, like an arts lottery drawing thing that they do here every year to raise money for the local arts council. This dude, wow. won it like three years running, he's a lucky dude. But I'm going to crush him today. That's right. You, you said you were going to myrtleize him. Oh, murderlate him. You hear it's, off mic, he'll say whatever he wants. Oh, I'm on mic. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to, uh, what does Conan say? I'm going to, I'm going to drive him before me. I'm going to hear the lamentations of his women. Are you going to smash those Mises to pieces? All the Mises to pieces. Just there, <laughs> there you go, man. We're going to get it done. All right. Well, Hey, before we, uh, before we hit the normal trivia segment, I think it's time for our warm it up, Chris segment. It's time to warm it up. A trivial warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris, and sometimes Jonathan. Today's warm it up, Chris, is going to be a little fun. I'm not sure if you're going to be good or bad at it, but you get to work together <laughs> before you work apart, right? So this is some teamwork here, and we're going to go back and look at companies that have changed their name. Oh, good Lord. So I'm going to give you the original name of a company. And you guys are going to try and figure out what the current name of the company is. Oh, I like this. Okay. All right. Okay. So company number one, 
Quantum Computer Services. Quantum Qu- Computer Services. Is that Qualcomm? It could be. Uh, I was thinking maybe Cyrix or is it Citrix? Who's who are the people that own like Linux now? Isn't that Citrix? They do like or- networking and and server components or something like that. I think. I have a Citrix account. I'm gonna go with you. What did you you said? Not Qualcomm. Who did you say? Well, you I don't know. He seems now. pretty big on on Citrix, on Citrix right now. Yeah, I'm gonna say Citrix. American Online. American, oh, what? AOL really? <laughs> AOL used to be called Quantum Computer Services, and they changed to American Online in 1991. I would think it would be the exact opposite. Yeah, like they used like to be. Like you put AOL yourself you in a box. Rebrand. Like, oh yeah, uh, people in England don't use our product. So now we have to be quantum computing services. Quantum quantum computer right, and services. Right, it works for everybody. All right, your second company, Backrub. Icy hot. I can tell you that this is a major technology company. What? <laughs> really? Yes. Um, that's interesting. Um, okay, so. I was just reading an article the other day about how the thing that eventually became Twitter was they were actually trying to do podcasting and there's no money to be made in it at the time. And so they, they pivoted and they became Twitter, but they had a really crazy name, but it wasn't Backrub. It was, so that's not Twitter, but they're a major technology company now originally called Backrub. So man, a Backrub is supposed to like make you relax feel good make your day easier that's what i was so uh, maybe i think it's a search engine possibly you think that might have been like the code name for google once or yahoo or i wouldn't i would hesitate to call yahoo a major technology company anymore um i don't know i i'm gonna go with you i'm gonna say google Google. yeah let's go with google correct answer is Google. Yes. <laughs> I know. I can't believe you guys got it. <laughs> nah, we, we didn't get that. I'm going to – that one's all Josh. This is this is not boding well for me so far for today's game. That was excellent. All right. Your third company. This is a major retail company. Sound of Music. What? Company's name was Sound of Music. Major retailer. Okay. Well – if we're talking about music in my youth, I immediately think Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that Radio Shack was ever I, called. I think it's Best Buy. I'm. I like that. I like that idea. Let's go with Best Buy. The answer is Best Buy. Boom! This man. That's oh, Josh. Josh. This man is in big business. That's all. Like, like he knows his companies. You are on a roll. Whenever I think of Best Buy, man, I always remember when Best Buy first opened and they had this sound room. Yeah. Like with all the speakers in, you could go in. Well, and also their, like their CD collection, even in, a, even in a time when every electronic store sold CDs and had large collections, Best Buy's collection was particularly choice. So true story. Their Sound of Music's largest store in 1981, and for the record, this is from a CNBC article from last year. Um, Sound of Music's largest store was hit by a tornado. And so they lost a lot of stuff and it was trashed and they couldn't sell anything that was in the store anymore. So they, they, uh, held a tornado sale and to put everything that was still sellable in the parking lot and advertised it as best buys because it was potentially damaged or whatever. And the sale made more money apparently in four days than the whole store would make in a month. Wow. And so a year later, they changed their name to Best Buy. 
That's a really that's a great story for them as a like as a as corporate mythology. It sounds apocryphal, but hey, CNBC pushed it, so doesn't sound impossible at all. All right, uh, the next one, you'll I think you'll get this one. I have faith in you. Research in motion. Uh, oh, that's RIM. That's uh, the B- BlackBerry. Research in motion is is BlackBerry. You are correct. All yeah. right. RIM, like even they changed, they used research in motion as their branding for a long time. And then they changed to RIM for the longest time. And then like more recently, I think like 2012, 2013, something like that, they changed to BlackBerry. And the idea was like, hey, we've only got one product. Like we don't do anything but BlackBerry. We'll just like if you were if you were Apple, except you didn't sell Macs and you didn't sell iPads and you didn't sell iPods and you didn't sell Apple TVs and you didn't and sell Apple Watches. all you sold was Apple's. Well, I uh, know. You'd be a fruit company. Like if all you sold was iPhones, like at some point you would go, maybe we should change our company. Maybe, you know. Like, maybe call it iPhone. Yeah. That'd be a lame company name. It would though, be a seriously. terrible uh, company name. All right. Last one. Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web. Jerry's Guide to the Ask World Wide Jeeves. Web. No. Hey, it could be Ask Jeeves, or it could be Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web. It wouldn't be Craigslist, right? No, but it might be. I'm pretty sure that would be Craig's Guide to the World Wide Web. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's not really a guide to the web. It's a it's a guide from the web to all the junk that you can find in alleyways and phone right. booths offline. Um, I'm trying to think who started a company named Jerry. Maybe that's the basis of Yahoo. Maybe that's the because we've already done Google. Google was backrub, and it has been a lot of tech companies. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got it's going to be a tech company. Like, surely they didn't pivot off yeah, the web. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. Let's say Yahoo. Well, y- Yahoo's founder is Jerry Yang because it was Jerry's guy to the <laughs> World Wide Web first. You guys did pretty good. I'm impressed. Those were not easy. So now today's match, I wanted to bring up today's match. You guys are going head to head. I'm asking the questions. And this is a grudge match. And this is a new concept we're introducing on the show. We've already had a couple of these. By the time this airs, the listeners will have just recently heard a grudge match in movies between Chris and Daniel. And back in episode 35, we had a grudge match in the video game realm between Chris Kohler and John Harrison. So... This is going to be a grudge match for the always listening crew. I'm going to set up a page on the site, and whoever wins this is going to be permanently etched in the sands of time or the the, the mountain of time, of time. The pixels of time as being the winner of this match. But you guys said you wanted to take it a step further. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be skin in the game. So, gentlemen, why don't you uh, – what, what have you agreed upon? What skin are you going to put up for this? So once upon a time, as you mentioned, we have reviewed your show, Trivial Warfare, on our little podcast, Always Listening. Once upon a time, we also reviewed a podcast called Rob Has a Podcast, uh, featuring the host Rob Sesternino. Now, Rob uh, is uh, a former contestant on Survivor and has built up quite a following amongst the Survivor watchers especially, but also the Big Brother fans. And uh, what what else does he the break down? Race. The Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. He does, so he all does, the reality jobs. Yeah, several reality shows he, he covers on his podcast. And if reality TV is your thing, nobody's doing it better. Very well said. Very well said. And uh, kissing when we, up, Josh. When we did, <laughs> no, go back and listen to the episode. It's I said on, that he, on the episode. Yeah, he did. He laid oh, it okay. down. I, in particular, 
had a few negative things to say about the show. And I gave Rob Sesternino zero earbuds. And, and Oh, no. Yes. And their show played it ad nauseum. He may still be playing it. I don't know. Uh, but they use it quite a lot to uh, great effect uh, amongst his audience. And, and we sort of got savaged in our iTunes reviews because of it. So <laughs> it's time so, to bury the hatchet. That's right. Uh, now we've met it's Rob. A new year. We've met Rob in person. We've shaken hands over this deal. I've uh, you know kissed the ring, so to speak, and Mia culpa. And uh, he's a nice guy. We we get along fine. But uh, whoever loses today's match is going to have to personally write a uh, a love letter to Rob Sesternino, and oh. we'll read that love letter on our Valentine's Day episode yeah. of Always Listening Pod. Joel will be reading a love letter on our ha- on our Valentine's. Day podcast. I, that might just be because Josh is crying too bad uh, to read his love letter aloud because he's lost so badly in this game of trivia. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, you guys know how the game works. There are going to be six rounds, three questions each. I, I only uh, need three to win. <laughs> wow. You know, I've played Joel. Joel's, uh, Joel is stiff competition. Yeah, he's been talking smack for a week now, and I keep thinking, I'm like, you hadn't played this game yet, dude. I have I've played twice already. Joel's Look. like, I have experience losing to Jonathan. That's right. So you have uh, you have six rounds, three questions each. Each question is worth 10 points. Uh, the midpoint will be scored a little differently. The final will let you wager anything that you've earned by the end of the game. And uh, I'll walk you through it from there. Sound good? Sounds All right. Good. All right, let's get rolling. Round one, question one. Your category is the internet. Mm, I'm. Oh man, I'm. This is not setting up nice for me at all. Oh wow! In 2014, Barack Obama appeared on the web series Between Two Ferns, which is hosted by who? You, okay, you want to say this? One, two, three. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. One, one two, two, three. three. Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Wow, you even pronounced it pretty well. That's impressive. You are absolutely correct. 10 points for both of you. How did you know that? I, I'd never heard of that. Really? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, you, we, you watch it? Yeah, yeah. We, we watched it even before the president oh, was yeah, on. Yeah. But that the whole series is really good. Like, if you like that character at all that Zach is playing, then yeah. the whole series is well worth All right. So, round one, question two, categories in music. Again, not set. I'm going up against a DJ. Come on. What is this? Well, he may not be a good DJ. I'm not. I'm a dumb. <laughs> don't tell my boss. <laughs> Any DJ I've ever met who is worth his salt isn't listening to the music that he's playing. All right. So music. What four words appear in parentheses after the REM song, It's the End of the World as We Know It? Me. <laughs> All right. I am, I am locked in now. Josh, what are you thinking? Saying in parentheses, like I don't, like I think it's, and I feel fine. Mm. But the whole, why, why would that even be in parentheses? Like, is that on the album cover? Is that what you said? The album cover? The title? It says, what four words appear in parentheses after the R.E.M. song title, It's the End of the World as We Know It. Um, yeah, I'm, man, I, I don't have a clue. If it's not that, I don't have a clue what else it could be. So that's what I'm going to go with. What was the answer? And I feel fine. And Joel? And I feel fine. And I feel fine is absolutely correct. All right, right on. What was funny is when you were talking about whether you were going to answer it or not, you said, I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, do you feel fine? <laughs> 
what what gets me is like I was hoping he might start leaning in the direction of like maybe maybe it's like written by Norman Osborne or oh whatever, I you know? did like the, like you said yeah, parentheses the Green and Goblin I thought did it. parental advisory warning oh. parental advice <laughs> like that's like that's what I first went to and I was like but, parental warning explicit lyrics yeah or something? something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right finishing out round one question three category is celebrity couples. Who directed Madonna in Swept Away and also married her in the year 2000? I have this. You got it, too? You want to one, two, three it? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm wrong, then I'm okay to feel dumb on this one. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, one two, two, three. Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. Correct. Look at you both swept the first round. It is 30 to 30. We're going for them high scores, baby. You're, uh, you're not sucking nearly as badly as I expected. all right all right round two question one category is beverages what do you get when mixing ginger ale with grenadine and a cherry what do you get when mixing ginger ale with grenadine and a cherry ginger ale grenadine and a cherry i think i have this one i i think i have it too yeah, I'm going to write do mine you, down. Do you want to see if we can one, two, three this puppy all the way through? Sure. Okay. One, two, three. Okay. Ready? One, one two, three. three. Shirley, Shirley Temple. Temple. Wow. You are correct. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, heavy drinkers, both of you? <laughs> no. It's not exactly actually. a masculine drink. Here, no, it's not. The the. I know there's a cherry in a Shirley Temple. That's really all it came down to. And I was thinking oh. the other two are not like super strong flavors. You know, like ginger ale and grenadine, neither one is like overwhelming. So the cherry is going to be the like the primary feature there. And I literally just listened to the newest episode of Hollywood Babylon. And one of the listeners who did shout outs brought her little brother to bust his HBO cherry. And he happened to be drinking a ginger ale. I mean, uh, Shirley Temple because he was only 18. Nice. Wow. You went a long way for that one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that, okay. I mean, it was on top of I mean, that's what was top of mind. That's amazing that that was on top of your mind. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's that's pretty much what happens, though, when you review podcasts as, like, your mainline hobby. Um, yeah. it, it pretty much means all you ever are going to do is tell somebody what you just heard on a podcast. Ask our wives. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. That is true. I bet that makes you popular. Yeah, like, anytime, <laughs> like, I'll be talking to Kelly, and I'll be like, you know, I was somebody told me the other day, and I can't, I can't remember where, and she's like, you heard it on a podcast. You heard it on a podcast. Podcast is where you heard it. <laughs> oh my god! You know damn well where you heard it. You heard it on <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Round two, question two. The category is science. Science. I'm blinded. <laughs> question is, what organ produces insulin? And let me pronounce this correctly: glucagon. I'll spell that for you. G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N. The hormones that regulate blood sugar. What organ produces insulin and glucagon? The hormones that regulate blood sugar. I'm torn between two. Me too. Yeah. I bet it's the same two for you too. All right. I'm just going to have to pick one. And I'm going to hope that I pick the same one as him. Because <laughs> then it doesn't matter whether we're right or wrong. Uh, okay. All right, I'm going to just pick one. 
All right, so I am now locked in. You tell me okay, what, just what want, two organs yeah, are Yeah, I just want you to say if those were the, okay. Pancreas and liver. Those are the same two organs that I thought of. And Wow. And I'm thinking it would be pretty silly for the liver to produce insulin mm-hmm. because it's a filter organ. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with pancreas. Joel, what did you say? I also went with pancreas. Correct answer is pancreas. Right on. It's you two. Wow. Uh, so, so here's the reason I went with pancreas. I didn't think so much about the filter. But what what had me, uh, or I should say, what had me worried about pancreas, what had me wanting to walk back from it, I I couldn't remember off the, can you live without a pancreas? Like, can no. you, if you no, is it, that one of the to, things that they can have just take out? They can't just take no. your pancreas out? So, you'd okay. have to replace it with some kind of drugs or, or, or you'd have a problem. That's, I was going back and forth because like, like, you know, like if your spleen explodes, they just take your spleen out and you don't your have appendix. a spleen anymore. Your appendix, it's, it's, they just take it out. Like your gallbladder. Yeah, your gallbladder is the same way. They just take it out. And and in all of those cases – your second thumb. <laughs> in all of those cases, you might have some medicine to help you regulate everything properly. But like in general, you'll be a fine functioning human being. And I was like, if, if the pancreas is one of those organs that can be removed, then it can't be the one that creates – glucose because i know you can't go like even with insulin or insulin excuse me even with with insulin shots and stuff you can't have no naturally occurring insulin and live i'm i'm going to say since you're not a doctor you could be wrong maybe so maybe i could be way off Uh, now interesting i brought up appendix i read an article the other day i don't remember where it definitely wasn't a podcast and (laughs) was it in the appendix of a periodical (laughs) oh god no uh, but they were finding that the appendix might actually not be useless. Really? It's, it's been believed that it's a vestigial organ and it's like a second stomach or totally unimportant, right? What they're finding is that it's possible that the appendix purpose is to generate the bacteria that lives in your stomach that helps you digest food. Wow. All right. Right on. And so when you remove it, that could mean, and they're still trying to figure this out. This isn't proven science yet. But they're starting to hesitate to remove it because it might be that people who have had it removed have more digestive problems. Got to get that uh, live culture going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be interesting to find out however many years after you started just ripping them out that all of your organs were actually important and had a purpose? Yeah, it'd Shocking be like, there. It'd be like that terrible thing that we read about in history books in 100 years. Hey, remember this time when everybody just – we just ripping appendixes out left and right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> appendixes is what allows us to levitate. Like who knew? You know? Well, no, it keeps you alive. Your, your, your lifespan is now 120 years yeah, that's right. because that appendix kicks ass. Could have all lived to 150 if we'd only kept our appendixes. Okay. Question three. You have perfect games going on right now. We don't talk, we don't talk about that during the middle of the game. <laughs> We just had the <laughs> jinx put on us. We will not get a single one right from here on out. I have a feeling you might get this one right. It's still in the, the – you guys should know that the earlier questions are a bit easier than the later questions. Then why this are you is so clothes. surprised? This is clothes. Clothes? Right, so we're going to test your fashion sense here. All right. This, this dude's pretty uh, – Gucci. Yeah. What Scottish garment has a name based on the Middle English term for fold or pleat? Uh, you want to one, two, three it? Uh, sure. Okay. One, two, three. Kilt. Kilt is correct. Good job. That was, uh, that was probably pretty easy for you at this point. You are now tied 60 to 60 after two rounds. And Josh takes the lead. (laughs) 60 to 60. (laughs) 
<laughs> in the lead. All right, round three. Question one is a movies question. Who was paid $20 million in advance for him to direct the 2005 movie King Kong? I know this. Uh, his name just went out of my head, but I, yeah, no, I know it too. Okay. You ready? You want to one, two, three it? Well, if it left your head and came back, maybe it's not the, oh yeah, well, one, two, three it. Okay. I could be wrong. One, two, two three, three, Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. Look at you two. This is starting to be embarrassing for me. I'm never using these questions again. I, I was a huge, <laughs> I was a huge, uh, Peter Jackson and fan. And I that time. am not a Peter Jackson fan so at all. I dislike almost every movie he's ever made. You're the he one that ruined the ring stuff? Crazy. You're the one that ruined, yes. uh, no, you weren't the one. Richard ruined Peter Jackson for me. So once you know this, I'm just giving you a spoiler warning here. If you love Peter Jackson, if you're listening to the show and you love Peter Jackson, hit the 15 second skip forward on your uh, podcast app in just a second because I'm going to ruin him for you. Ready, wow. set, skip it. Here's what happens. He zooms in all the time on his characters. Face once you know isolations that, out of the like, people will be having dialogue, and then boom, it's a face I- isolation, and it drives me bananas. <laughs> once you know that, once you like, once someone tells you that is a thing that happens a lot in his movies, and you go back and watch his movies, it is so ever present. You literally you get taken out of them constantly. It's it, it ruins almost everything he's ever done. All right, round three. Question two is a history question. What was the purpose of the Pharos of Alexandria? P-H-A-R-O-S, Pharos of Alexandria, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. P, spell that for me again. P-H-A-R-O-S. Okay, so I'm wondering if it doesn't have something. You've already, you're locked in? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it doesn't have something to do with, like, the afterlife. Like, are, are they the uh, the shepherds to the afterlife? Pharos. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. They, they, uh. Could you read the question for us one more time? What was the purpose of the Pharaohs of Alexandria, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world? Okay. Uh, okay, so it's real. Did you say it's real? Yeah, I said it's real. I was thinking maybe so it was. So you think a, all the seven wonders of the ancient world are real? Well, they were at one time. That's the whole point. They I existed. Don't, um, no, the Hanging I, Gardens of Babylon and where, the Colossus of Rhodes. Where are they at? Have they found even where they were? Could have been. Oh, look at you. Hmm. I don't know. And then, the, and then the Colossus, do you really, like, think about the engineering for that thing well, to you know stand building across the strait, to stand across it and have ships go under it? Odds are, more likely, it was a statue just on a pedestal next to one. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Uh, okay, so on that note, I'm going to say that the the point of the, the pharaohs of ancient Egypt, one of the seven wonders of the world, was to light the way for approaching ships. Yeah, I think it's a lighthouse. Couldn't you just say lighthouse, Joel? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is a lighthouse. Well, well the way the, that you ordered it is, what was its purpose? Yeah. You're like, yeah, oh, that's to the, guide ships? Its purpose was being a lighthouse. Yeah. And was, is that right? Yeah, it is. Nice. Yes, it's Look right. That. All right. Woohoo! Oh, God. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go write new questions here. I'm never using these again. So let's see how well you know your literature. Literature. Oh, that is not fair. That's not good for me at all. Round three, question three. What science fiction writer first conceived of the idea of satellites being used for mass communication in 1945? The date has me thrown off. Hmm. I only have one guess. You're locked in? <laughs> no, I may want to. I really may want to change it. Are you locked in? No. Dang. 
Sometimes it's easier when you're talking it out. I, I Sometimes I wait for Chris to write it down, even though I know he's thinking because I want to talk. So write it down, Joel. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lock in. So write off? Yeah. I was like, boom, Wells. Me too. Yeah. That was my initial thought. And then I was like, is there another science fiction? Right. And then I was like, oh, Date's man. too late, though, right? 45's too late for Wells? Is that your Was that your reasoning? You know, Joel, Yeah. he hasn't come up with his answer yet. No, I know, but I'm saying- So anything he, you say to him can be used against you. <laughs> no, I'm aware. I'm aware. Just I'm pointing sorry. that out. So then I thought, you know what? I could name a science fiction writer from the 1890s, and I probably would have trouble naming one that was in the 1930s, right? Okay. So then I just started thinking about like just old school science fiction. And I'm like, Jules Verne. I'm like, no, that's like way too long. And then I go right back to Wells. So that's going to be my answer. H.G. Wells. Yeah. Okay. Right. I went there first. I went to Wells. And to me, I'm pretty sure that 1945 is too late for all of his formative works anyway. I mean, like, the first or the second motion picture was an H.G. Wells story. You know, remade the trip to the moon or whatever. It's 45 too early for Sagan. Distance. You don't think 45 is too early? For Sagan? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I think it is too early for Sagan, yeah. which led me to my eventual answer, uh, Isaac Asimov. Oh, what a good one. Yeah. Man. I'm going to say Isaac Asimov. That's a great That's what one. I did say. In yeah. fact, I wrote it down. So would you like to know the correct answer? We would. Yeah. Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, oh. He's the other one. Arthur C. Clarke is the writer of 2001 A Space Odyssey and, and 2010, right? That's Arthur C. Clarke. Actually, I, uh, I don't know. I think that's Clarke. I believe those are Clarke novels. But, I mean, he did some other stuff too. But Clarke is not one. I don't think I ever would have gotten there. He's definitely an influential science fiction writer. I would have thought, me personally, I probably would have answered Heinlein. Uh, I don't think Heinlein's I even know Heinlein. Very influential uh, with the early science fiction stuff. Really? Yeah, but yep. what do you consider early science fiction? 50s, 40s. and Well, I mean, not proto-science fiction. Jules Verne, I think, is the first science fiction writer. Yeah. So you were right on with that. And then, then Wells, certainly. I mean, War of the Worlds, they were doing the radio broadcast of that, I think, in the 30s. Oh, see, I was, I was hoping the broadcast was in the 40s. I think it was the 30s. Yeah, the, uh, then, the, it could have been, yeah, it could have been even earlier. Yeah. So I finally stumped you guys. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Everybody's got to learn sometime. I don't, I don't mind missing one at all as long as you also miss it. I felt hey, the exact know. same way. Yeah. It is still a tie game. It is 80 to 80 going into the midpoint. Your category is astrology. 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 I'm going to give you four symbols, and I want you to tell me what astrological sign corresponds with each symbol. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. All right. Here are your symbols. The scales, the archer, fish, and twins. Your symbols are the scales, the archer, fish, and twins. I couldn't even name all of them. You don't have to name all of them. Just the four I'm asking about. <laughs> I couldn't even name four of them. Oh, no. Well, that doesn't bode well. Okay, I got my four locked in. Is this where Joel takes the lead? All right. 
I'm only a hundred percent on one of them. And, and that's the twins. All right. So what are you saying? Your hundred percent on the twins is Gemini. I also have Gemini for the twins. Okay. Okay. So next, the, the next one I'm feel, uh, 70% on is the first one, the scales. And I think that's Libra. Okay. Mostly because I couldn't think of another one. <laughs> All right. It's a good reason. So I'm going to have to stay locked into Libra for the scales. Oh, oh, I know what this one is. Okay, so I think the fish, which is the one I just thought of. Okay, at first I was like, oh, I don't know, Virgo, because it's just one. And I was like, no, I think that means like virgin. So this can't be fish. Like, how does that make sense? <laughs> right. And then I was trying to think of something that sounded constellationally, right? And then Age of Aquarius popped in my head. And I'm like, man, Aquarius, man, water, fish. But I'm not even real sure that that's a sign. <laughs> it just sounds like it should be. But I think it's Pisces. I'm going with Pisces for the fish and the hunter. I didn't have a uh, – man, I don't the have archer. a clue. Archer. Archer. Or the archer. But it's close. Same ballpark. Yeah. Well, Elmer Fudd was a hunter. <laughs> the Fudd sign. Yeah, and so, and so this one I'm almost 100% sure is wrong. Okay. I just – I can't think of I – can't, I can't think of another one. All right. Right? Like I thought Aquarius, hell, Aquarius may still be one. I don't know. But I went with Sagittarius, and I don't have a reason for that at all. Wow. Okay. That's okay, weird. So, so your list so you, is? My list is Libra, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Gemini. Okay. All right, Joel, what do you have? So here's my list. I, I have scales as Libra. The archer, I wrote Capricorn, and then I scratched it out, and mm. I put Sagittarius. I put Pisces for fish, and I put Gemini for twins. We put the, we we guessed all I the never same. Be, I have the same answer. I would have yeah. never even guessed Capricorn. I would never have popped in my head. So I'm really hoping that's right. I had forgotten Capricorn. Aquarius was one of the signs until he said Capricorn it is a goat. Capricorn is a goat. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's not one of these. So so scales. What is scales? Aquarius is a water bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bucket of water. The correct answer to these four are Libra, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Gemini. Boom. All four of them, man. <laughs> I, I got to tell you. That's so I bizarre. I thought you were going with Aquarius for the fish, dude. I you thought he was fool. too. I thought he was too. Dude, I'm hey, so happy. I, were you just putting us on until, there? Literally until I started talking it through, it, that's – like I've got it scratched out right here. Look, seriously, boom. All right. So after the midpoint, boy, it's a high scoring game. <laughs> right. It is 100 to 100. Good God. And the pressure is on. It might be one of those that comes down to the person who misses one question loses. It could be that that tight. It's. I'll tell you what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to our wager. It's going to come down to who wagers how much and, and, and who understands how to play the game. <laughs> so it might. All right. Round four, question one. Category is television. Mm, okay. What sitcom – most often preceded the Bob Newhart show during its six-year run on CBS. I just want you to know, networks at this point in time in television mean absolutely nothing to me. You could have said Bob Newhart was on NBC. It wouldn't have mattered. Like, it's not helpful. So what sitcom most often preceded the Bob Newhart show 
during its six-year run on CBS. I'm locked in. Wow. I don't know. I, I don't really have a reference for dates or networks, any, any of that. What decade is Bob Newhart even in? <laughs> 60s, maybe. I don't know. I like how he keeps trying to feel out the room and get a response. <laughs> I know. He's waiting for you to react. I, I know. Because he knows you, you have a knack for wanting to talk, some, uh, talk about so it. I so badly want to. Yeah. Um, and so if it's old enough, then I'm thinking like you lead into that with I Love Lucy or Mary Tyler Moore or, or something like that. I'm, I'm going to go with Mary Tyler Moore. That's a good guess. Uh, so here is what I know about this question and the answer. First of all, you got to go backwards in chronology to get more of Bob Newhart's name. So every show that he did used less and less of his name. First he did the Bob Newhart show. Then he did Newhart. Then he did Bob. Uh, on And all of them were on CBS, by the way. Yes, three separate sitcoms uh, all in a row. And Bob gets you into the 90s. So I said that the Bob Newhart show, which I don't remember watching. I've seen it like on TV land and stuff, but it was before my time. I'm going to say that I, that came out in the 70s and the show that I thought, okay, it's probably the anchor of your comedy block if you're CBS at this time. I said All in the Family. Okay. So you said All in the Family. Josh, what did you say? Oh, Mary Tyler Moore show. He said Mary Tyler Moore show. It's on tape, fool. We can back it up. <laughs> Don't make me back that thing up. You said Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, now I'm like, now I want to say like Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. Yeah. You're not changing because I told you what decade it was in. The answer to the question is the Mary Tyler Moore show. Eden, you know. Let me give you this whole, let me give you this whole diatribe about the timeline of Bob Newhart. (laughs) Woohoo! Idiot. I didn't even know what network uh, All in the Family was on, to tell you the truth. Like, I think it was on CBS, but I'm I'm not positive. When he said, I love Lucy or Mary Tyler Moore, I thought to myself, holy crap, if he gets this right. Right? How is that possible? Just backed up into it, man. All right. Is he an idiot savant? I'm I'm just the best guest. He's the luckiest ever. guy in the world. I'm telling you, he's All the right. luckiest guy in the world. All right, round four. Question two is category is science. Science. The letters D N A stand for what? Oh, good lord! Right, D N A. We should know this. <laughs> we really should. It's probably not digital. <laughs> I literally think I just made up words. <laughs> this is the part of the, this is the part of the show where it comes off the rails. But it will be DNA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got my answer. Okay, can I just get mine out of the way? Yes. Okay, <laughs> mine's going to be worse. This is—I don't even know if this even makes sense in science. Sure, but I know these are sciencey words. <laughs> I think it's. Deoxyribonucleic acid. Wow. Wow, I feel so terrible. Yeah, that's I'm pretty sure that, that you might not have pronounced it all correctly, yeah, but it's, I'm pretty sure that is sure. The, I'm pretty sure that's true. I put dinosaurs not attempted. I I could not think of it. I could <laughs> you not think of it. But I've recently watched Jurassic World. <laughs> Don't do it, scientists. Don't do it. The correct answer is deoxyribonucleic acid. Mm. Wow. We have somebody pulling ahead here. 
Like pretty significantly. And somebody's starting to think about love letters. Category three for round four is in games. What board game shares its name with a title character from a William Shakespeare play? Locked in. Joel is praying in the back of his mind. Here's a couple of things I'm thinking of. A lot of Shakespeare have like Italian characters and it take place in Italy, in, in Italy, right? So I'm like, oh, Stratejo, that sounds something like that. And I'm like, man, it would be so easy. It would be so easy for a game just to be called Puck that I don't know or something <laughs> Puck. That would be brilliant. I hope that's right? right. I can't think of another. I wish it was like a card game called like Falstaff. That would be awesome. Hmm. You're being real quiet over there. Trying real hard to earn some points on you. Um, I think in the end I'm going to go with Othello. Son of a... The answer is Othello. It is Othello. So, right Josh, how, how long you... were you putting us on there? Yeah, how long did you back into that one? Um, I literally said it when it came to me. Oh, oh my God. I was, oh. I was working my way through play. So right before that, I was like, okay, is there anybody from Taming of the Shrew? Is there anybody from Tempest? And it right. just took me that long to make it to Othello. Dang. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. After four rounds, Josh has 130. Joel has 110. It's feeling bad, Joel. It's looking bad for you, my man. Turn it around. The right answer's out there. I just need long enough. Round five, question one, is in game shows. So I went from games to game shows. Who was the longest running host of the game show Tick? Tic tac doe. Tic tac what? Tic tac doe. Doe? Doe. Doe. You gotta be. I didn't. Even, is that is that like a current game show? Tic tac doe. I feel like that's some YouTube stuff. Tic tac doe. Like money doe, or like for real doe. D o u g h. Joel, do you even have an idea? Yeah, yeah, I've got two. Dude, I can name I can name one game show host. Two. I can name two game show hosts. Well, why don't you pick one of those and name it, and then I could talk through <laughs> it over here. No, because I know it's not one of those. Like I, I know it's not Alex Trebek. Well, I'm not locking it in. I'm, I'm yeah, wait. and I know I'm it's not Bob you, Barker. I'm gonna let you lock it in, and then I'm gonna psychic the room out for a minute. Oh, we have some strategy going on in there. Who watches game shows? I, oh, okay, I love game okay. shows. I'm gonna. I'm. I, I got mine locked in. Oh my gosh, you gave in. I gave in. Okay, right on. So. I wish I could remember the name of the guy that Brody calls the game show host from Mallrats to reference that movie again. Mm-hmm. And if it's that guy and I don't remember his name, I'm going to be so very angry. I feel like Tic-Tac-Doe is new. I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like an old show to me. I don't, I don't know. Wayne Brady. I don't know. Final answer? Yeah, I don't care. I don't okay. know. So he's way wrong. It's not Wayne Brady. Tic Tac Doe is an old Tic Tac Doe is an old show. I have seen it before. A lot of those game show hosts do show after show after show. They do different shows sure. over the years, of course. And, and there is one who I wrote down: the man, the myth, the legend, Wink Martindale. I really hope he's wrong. You have no idea. I can tell you that Gene Raymer did Tic Tac Doe. Duh. But he wasn't the guy there the longest. The guy there the longest was Wink Martindale. Kid, that's what I'm talking about. All right, Joel, a little comeback action there. Can I just remember? Round five, question two. All right. Movie links. 
I'm going to give you three people that appeared in a movie, and you have to tell me the name of the movie. Oh, I love this one. Oh, there's no way I'm getting yeah, – it's about to be – so if he gets this one right and I get this one wrong, we'll we, be tied. we're tied again. What movie contained all of the following people? Kelly Preston, Jerry O'Connell, and Glenn Fry. And that is Glenn Fry of the Eagles. Kelly Preston, Jerry O'Connell, and Glenn Fry. <laughs> I, am I don't even know who those people are. Kelly Preston, Jerry O'Connell, and Glenn Fry. I'm just trying to think of Jerry O'Connell movies, man. Okay, I'm locked in. Oh, I am boy. not locked in. Oh, boy. Okay, so here's the method, right? Like, I don't, I'm not 100% sure who Jerry O'Connell is. I'm hoping through talking, I'll kind of figure out who he is. I'm going to look in the other direction and be quiet. <laughs> so, I think Jerry O'Connell is the fat kid from Stand By Me. And I can only think of two Jerry O'Connell movies, Stand By Me. And I want to say he's the guy in Tomcats. Give me something, Joel. Just, just look at <laughs> I'm me. I'm giving you nothing. Just look at me, I am me, Stonewall Jackson over here, though. <laughs> so just so you guys know what's happening right now, Joel is literally facing away from Josh so that Josh can't even see whether he's grinning or not. All he can see is that his body is moving up and down because he's laughing right now. Um, and the other thing is I don't really know who Kelly Preston is, right? Um, I'm going to go with Tomcats. So – I went with Jerry Maguire. I don't know for a fact Jerry that all Maguire? three of them are in that movie. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I know Jerry Can O'Connell I is it? in it. Can I change no, my you answer? You can't change your answer. Jesus Christ. I know Jerry O'Connell is in it. I'm pretty sure Kelly Preston is in it. I don't know that Glenn Fry is in it. Dude. Maybe. Uh, I went with Jerry Maguire. I know. Um, what do you believe the actual answer is now? Joe's apartment. Joe's apartment? So I can tell you this. Jerry O'Connell was the fat kid in Stand By Me. Yes. Okay. Jerry O'Connell was in Tomcats, yes. a movie I remember laughing at at one point in my life. I never saw Joe's Apartment. I don't know anything about it. Oh, right on. But, but co-starring with Kelly Preston and Jerry O'Connell were Renee Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Tom Cruise because the answer is Jerry Maguire. What? I Joel don't remember him in that movie quietly? They can't see you, Joel. You need to celebrate loudly. Yeah, baby. I'm sorry. I was too busy doing the victory dance over here. He was. It was disturbing. That's what it feels like to be back. Uh, okay, so round five, question three is in sports. What team had seven starters on the 1957 National League All-Star team thanks to ballot stuffing? What, what, what year? What team had seven starters on the 1957 National League All-Star Team, thanks to ballot stuffing. National League. Josh has got this one over me because he knows all of the baseball team names, at least. That, that, mm. Yeah, that's true. I know. I, look, I know who I really want it to be, and, and that's probably going to just cloud my judgment. I'm going to write mine down. I've got mine locked in. Josh, you have your time to think. Your time to shine. I really want it to be the Cardinals. <laughs> Are you a Cardinals fan or a Cardinals hater? I'm a Cardinals hater. Who's your team, by the way? The Cubs. And then if it turns out to be the Cubs, then I look like an idiot. Um, so I could just, I, like, I have a pretty good feeling you put down the Cubs. 
And so I could just answer that and us both be wrong. Mm -hmm. Then chance the possibility that you're right. Hmm. See, at this point, that is some strategy at this point. Right. Right. So I I think you'd rather be wrong together than pursue correct answers on your own. Yes. Wow. Yes. I've never seen that strategy in this game, by the way. I I think that's what I want to do because the other teams I think that you'd be familiar with are American League teams. Hmm. And that's how I'm going to play it. I'm going to say the Cubs and playing off of Joel. All right. So Josh says the Cubs. Joel, what did you answer? I uh, wrote down the Yankees. Oh, did you? Re- <laughs> Son of a god! <laughs> Unbelievable. Are the Yankees? Are the Yankees an American League team? Yes. Are they really? They are. The Cubs. Not the right answer. Good. Okay. That's fine. Good. The correct answer is the Cincinnati Reds. Hmm. Really? The Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati fans stuffed the ballot. And forced a bunch of people that shouldn't be in the All-Star game into the All-Star game in 1957. So, Josh, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything. Well, maybe I do. But you didn't get any right that round. Oh, that's okay. Oh. I had to get it. The only way for us to tie is for me to get it wrong. So that there's a lot of uh, a lot of angst and a lot of uh, tension built up for round six. By the way, we have instituted tiebreaker rules um, just recently because we never even thought about the potential of having a tie game, but it looks possible in this game. If you get to the end of the game, wagers and all, and you have a tie game, you play rock, paper, scissors, best two out of three for the win. Nice. Just so you know. <laughs> I, I think it would be very fitting if our love letter to Rob's sister Nino was decided uh, by, rock, by paper, scissors. rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last round, round six, question one. Category is history. History. The base of the Statue of Liberty was financed by what famous newspaper editor? The base of the Statue of Liberty was financed by what famous newspaper editor? Locked in. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Pulitzer. Is that really what you said? Yeah, I don't know. Hearst is the answer. The answer's Pulitzer. Oh! Really? No way. Hey, that yes. sucker fool. Oh, really? my God. Really? Really? <laughs> Are you sure that's your answer? So, you already said it, so I guess it's already recorded, so, so you can't change it. <laughs> so, I could have sworn it was hers. Wow. Okay. It was Pulitzer. Round six, question two. Shakespeare. I like my chances. I like your chances, too. In which Shakespearean play would you find a character named Bottom... Get an ass's head. You want to one, two, three this one? Yeah. Oh, maybe I don't want to. It's never good when he asks you a question, Joel. It's always a trap. (laughs) He's using your reactions against you. (laughs) 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 That's really what just happened. You delayed, and he's like, oh, wait, I'm totally rethinking that. You get no reactions. I I have an answer now. You're, You're locked in? I am ready. So Bottom's the character's name, right? That is correct. Character named Bottom. Um, uh, a Midsummer's Night Dream. It's a, a Midsummer's Night's Dream. That's what I said. No, you didn't. Yes, it is. It's close. Yeah. Play no, it it's, you, you said the right thing. Bottom was a character in A Midsummer's Night's Dream. He's one of the players oh, right. that goes into the woods and he gets cursed with, with the head ass, of an ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question of the sixth round. 
Joel, just so you know, you're down by 10. In order to be tied going into the final, you have to get this right, and he has to get this wrong. No pressure, though. Round six, question three, is in television. <laughs> Why? Uh, don't even complain, Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is the only non-variety show to have appearances by three different Beatles? Only non-variety show. And just for the record, to make sure that things are clear, um, late night shows like The Tonight Show, those are considered variety shows for the purposes of this question. I don't know if what I'm thinking of is considered a variety show. So it's a struggle. Only one thing that I could think of, and I got it written down. All right. Joel is locked in and avoiding eye contact with Josh. It's like you think he's going to steal your thoughts through your eyes. I do. That dude's a, he's a skinwalker or whatever from Game of Thrones. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. It's going to three-eyed um, raven me. Okay. So when did John Lennon die? That's really what I need to know. And I don't have a freaking clue. Well, I am not going to tell you. It's in the 70s, right? He died in the 70s. Had to. Right? Okay, okay. I'm going to say he died in the 70s. This is going to sound dumb, but I really want to say like Sesame Street. Everybody goes on Sesame Street. I really, I really feel like there's a conversation in my head for some reason with Kermit the Frog and John Lennon. And if he was on the show, and the odds are, so were Ringo and Paul. I'm going with Sesame Street. All right. I also wrote down Sesame Street. I don't know if they were all on Sesame Street or not. If they were, it counts as a variety show. Dang. Oh. Correct answer is The Simpsons. The Simpsons? What? The Simpsons. Uh, so John Lennon was not on The Simpsons because John, John, Lennon, John died Lennon died in, died 80, in 1981. Well, 81. I was thinking 80 1980. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you were, you were wrong. It won the 70s. He made it into the 80s. Okay. Just what's barely. Trip? He made it into the 80s. Uh, but, but, but just barely. So Paul, George, and Ringo all appeared on The Simpsons. Going into the final round. I'm I'm completely okay that we both got that wrong. Down to yeah, yeah, of course you are. You are. That leaves you. I right. was really hoping that Joel was going to get that right, so it could have been a tie going in, because now Josh is winning, one fifty to one forty. Wow. Your category before you write down your wager is U.S. quarters. You're you're kidding. U.S. Me. quarters is going to be your category. So I need you both to write down the number that you wish to wager and hide it from your competitor. I got my wager written down. Do you? Already mm -hmm. that quick? No, it's not that quick. We've had a long time to write it down. I'm locked in with Joel's wager. All right. Here's your question. I'm going to tell you what is pictured on four different U.S. state quarters. You need to tell me which states the images correspond to. The first one is Washington crossing the Delaware. The second one is the old man of the mountain and the words live free or die. The third one is the Wright brothers plane and the words first flight. And the fourth one is Crater Lake National Park. So that's Washington crossing the Delaware, the old man of the mountain and the words live free or die. The Wright Brothers plane and the words First Flight and Crater Lake National Park. Okay, I'm locked in. You gotta be kidding me. Joel has his answers. 
I generally don't find that I benefit from like stewing on it. So the first one I have either Maryland or Delaware, right? Gotta be, yeah. Then the second one I feel like is like a western state, so like Arizona, Nevada. And I feel like those are like real like kinda outlaw territories back in the day, so lift free feels very like very much of that area. Uh, and then first in flight. So there's, I want to say, two different license plates. One says first in flight, and the other one says something like leader in aviation. Because I feel like the, the Wright brothers were from one state, but they actually flew in another state than the one they were originally from. And then Crater Lake, I feel like is in the northwest part of the U.S. So I can't imagine another state would put on their quarter a river that has another state name on it. I'm going to say Delaware, Arizona, North Carolina, and Washington. Okay. Can I... Just admit here that I talked myself out of Delaware being a state. I, I wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote it down and then I went, no, nah, Delaware's not a state. That's so you went with city. Maryland then, right? No, I went with Connecticut. Connecticut? I know, right? But it's up there. And I, I was like, I, Maryland was my second thought. I don't know. Connecticut felt right. So I put Connecticut down. But, uh, so do you think that Connecticut would put the Delaware River on their state quarter? More importantly, do you know that Delaware is a state? Delaware is 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 Delaware a state? Uh, yes, just it's said a it, so state. It, it was the first state. Yeah, okay. It was the first state. <laughs> it was the first. How state. is it the first state? There were thirteen of them all admitted at once, right? Guess whose name was at the top? Delaware was at the Delaware. Top. Oh, there you go. One of the original thirteen. I've never been, so it doesn't count for me. Josh was right in that the live free or die thing was uh, sort of frontier, but you got to think about the time period. Frontier is is New England again. So again, live free or what? die. Live it's free or die is a. It's not Massachusetts. Oh. I don't think. I think I said it was Rhode Island. Is what I believe that is. I believe that was their. Um, Dude, there is no way Rhode Island comes out hard like that. I believe that is their. I believe that's <laughs> no way. Like, I no. swear. I think. I, I think it is. And, okay, so the Wright brothers plane and the first flight. You're right. There are two states. The two states are Ohio and North Carolina. The the Wright brothers are from Ohio. That's where their bicycle shop was. They went to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina for their first flight. And I believe North Carolina's license plates say first in flight. And or first flight and Ohio's plates say leader in aviation. Uh, And then Crater Lake uh, National Park. I said that was in New Mexico. Really? That's what I said, but I don't, I don't think know. there's a whole lot of lakes in New Mexico. I agree, but I think there's one of them, and I think it came from a crater. I think a lot of lakes probably came from craters, bro. But I think the one that's called that is in New Mexico. That's what I believe. I also believe I probably lost this game because I believe he bet zero, and we both got it wrong. Oh, you're 100% I bet zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, first flight, the Wright Brothers plane is on the North Carolina quarter. Okay. Yay. So, we both got that one. Crater Lake National Park. Is in Oregon. Oh, oh no! The old man of the mountain and the words "live free or die" is New Hampshire. Oh, still, that seems real hard for New Hampshire. And Washington crossing the Delaware is New Jersey. 
New Jersey. We were way off. Well, if if there was a state that was going to put another state into their core, that sounds something very New Jersey-ish. It doesn't have the word Delaware. It's a picture of Washington crossing the Delaware, the famous picture. New Jersey, New Hampshire, North Carolina, and Oregon are the correct answers. So now, I'm pretty sure I know what Josh wagered. Joel, what did you wager? I wagered 110 points. I was going for that all-time high. And I 110. Was, uh, was a big goose egg. See, here, here's what I thought. I thought, chances are, I think Josh is right. Chances are I was going to miss one of the four, which means I was, I'm most likely to not get any points. I'm most likely to lose points. But if I were to gain points, what what is the proper wager? Knowing he's going to wager zero, is the proper wager just 11 or 12 or whatever it is so that you know you have a respectable-looking uh, uh, score even after you lose? I say no, sir. I say take your chances, just like I'm going to take that chance with that Powerball uh, ticket on my way home tonight. So, Josh, you did bet zero? Yes, I did bet zero. Our final score is Josh with 150, Joel with 30, and Joel, it's time to start composing that love letter. I feel to um, Rob Sestrinino. I feel that's only right. This is going to be so that's good. That's the right way for. Oh my it to gosh, come down. dude! Josh destroyed you. There was there was someone that was murdered, but it was it not is. it was not him. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Oh my gosh! Three time loser, Joel. I am right. I'm how many? Am I? Am I currently the? Well, I guess Chris is the record holder for most losses <laughs> on the game. <laughs> I can poke him because he's not here. about it, but yes, Chris is the record holder for the most losses. Yeah. I, but uh, as far as your guess, has anyone appeared three times and lost every time? Um, no. Yeah, see, there you go. All right, so um, I like to read reviews when we get them. We had two new reviews since the last time we did it. Uh, Rays fan 1974. This is my kind of guy, by the way, he's a Rays <laughs> fan. Rays fan 1974 says, fun questions. I love the show notes. So we really appreciate that, uh, Rays fans. Specifically, we do put a lot of work in the show notes over at TrivialWarfare.com. A lot of clips, a lot of interesting history facts, anything that we thought we needed to express a little bit more, we put it out there. And QWERTY1280 says the show is very entertaining. The best part is the guy's interactions and reactions. You feel like you're at the pub playing with them. I like that review, too. Thank you, QWERTY1280. I wish I knew your name. I doubt your parents named you QWERTY. That would be weird. So we also have a Warhead of the Week. The Warhead of the Week this week is Russ Friedwald. Now, Russ uh, is a member of the Trivial Warfare Facebook group. By the way, if you are listening to this show and you haven't joined the Trivial Warfare Facebook group yet, what are you doing? Go join the group. There's a lot of good trivia going in there all the time. A lot of activity there, man. I've been really enjoying that, which if you want to join that, just go out there, search for Trivial Warfare Army in Facebook, and it'll take you right to it. And Russ runs a trivia show up in Springfield, Illinois. So if you're in Springfield, Illinois, and you want to play a good pub quiz show, Check out TriviaWorkshop.com, and you can find all the different restaurants and locations where he does pub quiz on a regular basis. So thank you very much, Russ. We appreciate you playing along on the website, and uh, you are our Warhead of the Week. Okay, guys, um, just one last note. I want to remind everybody that our listener tournament starts next week. Joel is in it. He's going up head-to-head against Chris. Uh, Russ, who I just mentioned, is in it. He's going up head-to-head against Carmella. Both of those are first-round matchups. You can see the entire bracket over at TrivialWarfare.com. 
hover over the word Trivial Warfare in the header, and you'll see a Listener Tournament 2016 button. Click that, and you can see the entire bracket. So that's going to go on. That's going to last probably seven weeks or so to get to a March Madness champion. Really looking forward to that. All right, so if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at trivialwarfare at gmail.com. And uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. My name is Jonathan. That was Josh. That is Joel there from Always Listening. You can find them at alwayslisteningpod.com. They are a podcast review show, and they are the best in the business. We will see you guys later. Bye-bye. Oh, you know what show? I would love it to be Golden Girls, man. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be so awesome. They're all roses. Uh, no, they're all Blanche's dates. <laughs> yes. That would be amazing. Blanche Dubois. Girls, I've double booked again. Dorothy, why are there pantyhose hanging off of Blanche's doorknob? <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, we had crabs. We didn't have any beetles.